Pastor Xavier Reese with a biblical perspective on womanhood. Some of you ladies have come out of the feminist movement. Some of you have been raised in homes where your mothers were not Christians. They've run the way of the world. And God would have you to sit under His feet to search the scriptures to find out what it is to be a godly woman. And you obey the Lord. If you want to get the best out of life, then you must go to the scriptures. Welcome to Simple Truths, the daily half-hour study of God's Word with Xavier Reese, Senior Pastor of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. The women's lib movement is not a phenomenon of this age. In fact, it began when sin first entered the world. Today, from his study from the book of Titus, Pastor Xavier offers a simple path to return to God's original plan for women of God. Let's join him getting today's provocative lesson underway. The message entitled, Women and the Home. Paul has exhorted Titus to teach sound doctrine for the purpose of the family circle. And will do so by addressing the older men at the head of the list, followed by addressing the aged women and the young women from verse 3 down to 5. Now the interesting thing to notice the way that the younger women are addressed is indirectly through the instruction of the older women in verse 4 and 5. Mark that well. There is no greater need today as that of older women who know the value of home and their personal role as wives and mothers in order to come alongside the younger women of the church today to instruct them in the ways of Christ for their homes. This is a great need today. Now the benefit behind teaching sound doctrine is of the greatest value to the body of the church and particularly in this area of women which Paul is going to lay out for us. Let me read here verse 3 to 5. The older women likewise, that they be reverent in behavior, not slanders, not given to much wine, teachers of good things, that they admonish the younger women to love their husbands, to love their children, to be discreet, chaste, homemakers, good, obedient to their own husbands, that the word of God may not be blasphemed. And so Paul gives us three particular ways in which this relationship works out through the older women to instruct the younger women. And we have it laid out for us here. The first part of verse 3, the older women are to be as the older men. And he will qualify that exactly what it means. Secondly, the older women are to be examples. The rest of verse 3. And then the very end of verse 3 to verse 5, you have the older women are to be instructing the younger women. So the focus, though it's the younger women, it's via the older women of the church. He starts here by the older women, that they are to be as the older men. In verse 3, the older women likewise. The references to the virtues just required of the older men in verse 2. They are to be sober, clear-headed, reverent, honorable, temperate, under control, sound in faith, in love, and in patience. A subjective application. They have to be trusting God. They have to be yielding to His love and bearing under the weight of life. 
as evidence of godly men. Now this is applied to the women. So under the phrase likewise, all these things are included. It's interesting the Bible doesn't provide two different standards of morality for men and women. From the beginning, the Bible says in Romans 3.23 that all have, fall, have sinned and come short of the glory of God. Men and women. So therefore, when they are converted, the very same standard is required of both. There are different roles as we'll see, but the requirement of life is the same. There is no double standard. Notice secondly that the order of Paul's instruction affirms God's creative order. Man first, then the woman. And remember, he's talking in church order. He does this in 1 Timothy, 2 Timothy, as well as here in Titus. Uh, you might recall when we studied 1 Timothy 5, 1 and 2, he deals with the older men first, then the women. Now, think back with me to Genesis. In Genesis 1, 27, it says, The man and the woman were created in the image and in the likeness of God. It is God who created man. Adam was created first, then the woman afterwards. He was created from the ground, Genesis 2, 7 says. She was created from his curved side, more refined. The woman was taken from the man's side to be his helpmate, to be one comparable for him, one to assist him, one to complete him, if you will. Because God said it's not good the man should be alone in Genesis 2, 18, 22, and 23. Paul the Apostle, understanding this, always used God's creative order. In fact, there at the end of Genesis chapter 2, um, verse 24 and 25, it says that for that reason a man should leave his father and mother, cleave to his wife, and they too should become one flesh. And so God deemed the union of a man and a woman to set up a new home, leaving and cleaving, joining. And through that sexual union, through the institution of marriage, that that family would be propagated and the likeness of both the man and the woman would be comprised in one child. God's greatest affirmation that He's the Creator. There's a design, there's an image, there's a reflection of who you are the source of. When Paul was speaking to the Corinthians, and you know that the Corinthian women were very liberal, and so you had to deal with them. He affirms the order of creation there in 1 Corinthians 11, 8 through 12. He says, the man is not from the woman, but the woman from, was from the man. Nor was the man created for the woman, but the woman for the man. Nevertheless, neither is the man independent of the woman, nor the woman independent of the man. And he qualifies it in the Lord. I don't expect anybody who is, is not a Christian to accept this proclamation. But Paul makes this proclamation to the Corinthians who had been transformed that they had to understand God's design and order. And that even though the man was created first and the woman created for the man, yet he goes on to say, For as the woman came from the man, even so the man also comes through the woman. But all things are from God. So in other words, if there's no more women, then that's the end of man, because every man is born of a woman. And Paul wisely demonstrates God's creative order for efficiency with distinct roles, but... We can't ever say we don't need the other one. Because they're both connected to the ongoing existence of humanity. And he does this beautifully. Titus here is dealing with a situation at Crete. He's got a lot of non-believers who are coming from the worldly perspective. 
And that's what happens as we come to Christ. We come from the world and we've been raised a certain way. We saw marriages and we saw family and everything else. And now all of a sudden we come to Christ and we have to ask Christ, Lord, what is it to be a man? What is it to be a woman? What is it to be a husband? What is it to be a wife? What does the scripture say? So that you go to the Lord and you obey the Lord. If you want to get the best out of life, then you must go to the scriptures. The world does not have an open mind to this. Some of you ladies have come out of the feminist movement. Some of you have been raised in homes where your mothers were not Christians. They've run the way of the world. And God would have you to sit under his feet to search the scriptures to find out what it is to be a godly woman. Our study this morning seems to focus on you ladies. We'll get to the men later on. We always do. But we're focusing on you this morning. The women who have bought into our permissive society's philosophy for the last 40 years are conducting themselves just like the men of society. Paul tells Titus here, make sure the women who are godly conduct themselves just after the same example as godly men. But as we look to our society, women today are conducting themselves just after the same conduct as the depraved men. They have allowed themselves to be corrupted in their understanding as to their identity and role after the image of God. And have become a product of the evolutionary lie. Becoming their own God unaccountable to no one. The feminist movement is constantly attempting to prove that women are equal to men. Ignoring the most obvious differences that God gave to males and females purposely. The man is stronger. He has a greater mass of muscle. The woman is less muscular. The man has a heavier skeletal frame. The woman, not so heavy. Why, we might ask. Was there a genetic defect? No. Because the male is the one to work and provide and protect. That's why God made it. In qualifications, many times, especially for police departments or fire departments, the standards and physical abilities are lowered whenever necessary to meet the political correct quotas. Endangering not only their fellow workers on the job, but also the public at large that they're to be serving. I heard a woman who was inducted into the fire department one time in an interview. They said, well, can you uh, carry a man who's been overcome by smoke uh, on the third floor? Can you put him over your shoulder and carry him all the way down the stairs? Well, no, but you know I can drag him. Well, what happens to his head? Oh, well, but there's not that much smoke on the bottom. Amazing. I'll get him. The Bible is absolutely clear. That a woman is equal to a man before the eyes of God. There is no disadvantage before God. In Galatians 3.28 says, There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ. Before God, ladies, you and men are equal. But on this earth, we have different roles. We're designed differently. Don't confuse the two. But the woman's role is clearly laid out in the scriptures. 
It's for the benefit of the home. Listen, ladies, and society. You are raising children for the next generation. You know, many of today's perverts and degenerates mock Ozzie and Harriet, Father Knows Best, and my three sons. Some of you who are old enough will understand those things. But, uh, and they say, well, that wasn't reality. Well, is Cosby reality? Is some of the other ones that are put on reality? No. But look at the children that generation produced. To the children this generation has been producing. Now, we gave our children in the 60s and 70s abortion. Now, our children gave us something in return. Euthanasia. Interesting. Her role is one that no man can do. It's unique. Her role meets the need of her husband, her home, her children, after God's creative order. She's not a slave. Any man who thinks a woman is nothing but a slave and a servant is an idiot. She's the most precious thing that God has ever made. Can you imagine living in this world, guys, with just guys? Man, what a drag. I don't ever understand guys. They get married and then all they want to do is spend time with their friends. What did you get married for? The older women are to be as the older men. Now the context is in godliness, see? Now notice secondly, the older women are to be examples. First of all, the older women are to be reverent in behavior. And the word that introduces a purpose clause. In other words, the reason the older women are to do likewise as the older men is in order that they be reverent in behavior. The word reverent refers to an attitude of a person. The word is made up of two words, meaning temple and meaning fitting. The word behavior means demeanor, deportment, including a person's dress. So, the word combined together has been interpreted to mean to deem oneself a priestess in discharge of her duties in the holy things of God. You see, you used to be one way in the world, ladies. Now, God wants you to be godly. In fact, we kind of touched on it a little bit. Let me just read this in 1 Timothy 2, 9 and 10. He says, In like manner also that the women adorn themselves in modest apparel and propriety and moderation, not with broided hair or gold or apparel or costly clothing, but which is proper for women, professing godliness with good works. And we spoke there. It doesn't mean that you can't have the latest hairdo. It doesn't mean that you can't wear jewelry. It doesn't mean that you can't put some makeup on. It's talking about going to the extreme to bring attention to yourself. And you become seductive. And you become alluring. And you have no discretion. That's what he's talking about. The woman's body is the temple of God, even as much as a man. The church is the temple of God. And the women are in the church of Christ. And so the counsel is for those ladies. Now notice, secondly, the older women are to not be slanders. This is a negative. The word slander is diablos. Though you know Spanish, no, can identify it. <laughs> Devil. That's what it literally means. The word characterizes the sin of Satan against God. The slander. The false accuser. 
In fact, this word is used for him constantly in the pastoral epistles. In 1 Timothy 3, 6, verse 7, and 2 Timothy 2, 26. He is the liar, Jesus said, as he addressed the Pharisees. Now, the sin is evident in both men and women. Don't get me wrong, but women seem to be better at it. And it seems to increase in age if you have no control. The Proverbs deal extensively with it. The book of James touches on the tongue every chapter and dedicates an entire chapter, chapter 3, that little fiery member that sets the world of fire. The beast behind the ivory cage. Keep it closed. <laughs> Only take it out when you have a leash on it. The sin of slander is one of the most treacherous and heartless sins that goes on every day in the body of Jesus Christ, the church. The mouth. And of course, we do it spiritually saying, well, do you really think he really meant that? And, and, and by nature, sometimes we just want to taint people. We want to bring suspicion to their life or whatever it may be. Maybe we don't have all the information, but we think we do. Or we think we know the truth and we don't, we don't know it at all. First, because it's false. Second, because it's done in secret from the person's knowledge most of the time. And thirdly, because it destroys people's reputation, putting them in an unfavorable light before other people. But notice also, thirdly, that the older women are not to be given too much wine. Have you noticed something as we go through the New Testament, that the same problems that, that address us are, were common to them? No different. Why? Because they're dirty, rotten sinners like you and me. They're the same type of people. The word given means to be a slave or in bondage to. We get our word doulos, the bond servant from. Today, in our politically correct language, we say he has an addiction. He can't help himself. I like to know how that addiction came about. Did he run? Did he walk by a bar and a demon jump out of the neck and grab him, or what? Uh, what happened? Every alcoholic chose to drink. The same thing with smoking. With anything else, it's a choice. Because your father was an alcoholic does not mean you're going to be an alcoholic. That's a lie. If you never take a drink, how are you going to be an alcoholic? If you choose not to drink, there's no way. The word is used by Paul to describe the bondage condition of the Galatians before they came to Christ in Galatians 4.3. It's used by Peter by those who are overcome by sin all over again, Second Peter 2.19, and they become enslaved to sin. You see, the effects of alcohol is to cloud the mind and to lower the morals. The scriptures are full of tragic examples. Even as Noah got off the bull, planted a vineyard, partook, and he laid there naked, passed out. Even as Aaron's sons, Hophni and Phinehas, offered the first sacrifice, and they drank a little wine, and they offered strange fire, and God barbecued them. Even as David tried to cover up the pregnancy with Bathsheba by getting Uriah drunk so that he might go sleep with her, and then he would be able to think it was his son. Even as Absalom planned the murder of his brother, Abnon by getting them drunk. We've all been around. We know the consequences of alcohol and the tragedies that happen. 
Do you know how many people are killed because of drunk drivers every year? You can load up all kinds of 747s and crash them every week, and that would be the equivalent because of alcohol. All of us have experienced some kind of parental relationship that was alcoholic or friends or someone, and we see the, the hassles, we see the difficulties, we see the pressures, we see the abuses. And sometimes Christians say, well, can you drink as a Christian? My first question is, why would you want to do that in the first place? Isn't that what you used to do? Is it going to draw you closer to Christ? Of course not. The elders and bishops needed to abstain from this in 1 Timothy 3, 3 and 3, 8. You know what's important and amazing is that the greater increase in immorality and violence and drinking since the 60s is not from men, it's from women. The amount of gentlemen's clubs that have opened up and the abundance of young women who think nothing of parading themselves before these lustful fools are accepted by society. You have young ladies straight out of high school seeking employment there. And society doesn't see anything wrong with it. They think as long as they're working, and that's honorable. They're providing for themselves. You see, our nation has become so strayed from the norm of morality that we can't even discern right from wrong any longer. In fact, I think it was 10 or 15 years back, maybe not even that long, the Mustang Ranch over in Nevada, which was a house of prostitution, somehow got into IRS trouble, and the IRS took it over. And they ran it for years and made money. How interesting. They gave the girls W-2 form, hey? What the heck? You see, ladies, women have degraded themselves. Before, men would try to degrade them. Now the worst thing has happened. Women have degraded themselves. The example of older women in our society as a rule is one that is not very reverent in behavior, I would say. Rather than encouraging a young woman to stay married to her husband, she often is encouraged to leave him to enjoy her life. I just got a call this last two weeks ago, a friend who's real close, and his wife, both of them Christians, and she got onto the workforce. You know, and the guys in the workforce started saying how beautiful she is and this and that and hard worker and she goes out and gets breast implants pretty soon she comes home and says you know what man I don't love you no more I'm leaving this is the way of the world ladies be careful careful you don't get too close to the fire you get burned rather than counseling a young woman to remain faithful she often is helped by an older woman to have an affair the example of older women today of slandering men and the institution of marriage is seen on every level. In the magazines and books, the advice that young women are getting is to make their statement, to take their, their potential and don't let no one keep them from it. In the workforce, they're reinforcing that. At the home, there's nothing there. Our society is as corrupt and perverted as Paul's day. That's why the scriptures are necessary for today. The older women are to be examples. You see? 
you have to model something if you're going to teach it because this is what he's going to move towards. Because you can't just teach by what you read. You must teach by what you've lived. That's a qualifying ground. Pastor Xavier Reese and a call to return to true womanhood, a call based on God's prescription for women throughout the ages. Now, there's still more to come, but that's next time. And if your schedule won't permit you to tune in, you can pick up a copy of this message, Women and the Home. It's available on CD for only $4. Just tell us which one you prefer when you get in touch. And make sure you pass on this study to someone in your church or Bible study. So once again, the title to ask for is Women and the Home, or simply mention today's date. You can request your copy by writing Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. Or to make your request by phone, call 800-926-1485. Again, that's 800-926-1485. Or the address once again is Simple Truths, 2200 East Colorado Boulevard, Pasadena, California, 91107. And thanks for mentioning the call letters of this station when you get in touch. This helps us track the effectiveness of this ministry in your area. Why does mom need to be at home? Is this archaic thinking or a biblical mandate? Find out more when you join Pastor Xavier Reese for the next edition of Simple Truths. Simple Truths with Pastor Xavier Reese, a daily half-hour broadcast, is a radio ministry of Calvary Chapel of Pasadena, California. www.calvarychapelpasadena.com 